This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Sex in Canada. The most outrageous things left behind in Ubers. Throwing cheese on babies' faces. My brush with ZZ Top. And our celebrity interview with the mooch, Anthony Scaramucci. All that and unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Waka waka waka. Wow 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 wow. Cha cha. Cha cha ping. Here we are. Uh, it's Rick and Dave. We've got another uh, episode of Minutia Men, and this is this is going to be an exciting one. Come we on. got a big star on this one. Yeah. I mean, should we tease? Should we tell? Yeah, course, tease, right? tease. We got the mooch. Got Anthony the mooch. Scaramucci is going to be on in a few minutes. Yes. And, uh, he'd be a big star. And if he doesn't call in, we have a backup plan. We do have a we have a backup yeah. plan. Uh, last time we had a little bit of a problem with him calling in, but... Uh, <laughs> he did blow us off. <laughs> yeah, but he is... I am 100% convinced that he's going to come in this time. Okay. In fact, I will bet you $1,000 that he's going to be on. Right. I will not take that bet, but I am a little worried. <laughs> uh, so be sure to uh, stay with us through the uh, through, mm-hmm. throughout the entire broadcast to find out if he's going to be here or not. Actually, is this considered a broadcast? A, did you say broadcast? Yeah, I guess it's really not. Right, because it's not over the... I guess broadcasting is over the airwaves, right? Which so, is why it's called a podcast, podcast, right? So welcome to our podcast. This is our first podcast during Lent. Not um, a big deal for me. Uh, oh, you're not giving up anything for Lent this year? Uh, no, I. my people, I, 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 are we the reason you have Lent? <laughs> um, uh, actually, I'm not even sure what the what is Lent. There was a whole crucify him, crucify him <laughs> thing I remember, but I, you know, who, who's keeping track of these things? Uh, no, I think... Um, uh, I think the Lent thing is a Catholic thing. I I think so. Most, we didn't have anything to do with it. I don't think I think I don't think like Lutherans give up anything for Lent. Mm-hmm. Or I, maybe I'm wrong about mm-hmm. that. I've all, I only have experience as a Catholic. So uh, last night at dinner time, our family, uh, I started asking everybody, you know, what are you giving up for Lent? Because mm-hmm. you know I'm a religious man. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah. And 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 Bridget is you know Bridget's I, more than you, right? Uh, Bridget says the rosary on her way to work every day. Really? I mean, I don't even know the rosary. I watch Rosemary <laughs> every morning on the way to work, but not rosary. But anyway, this year we came up with a, a, a interesting way of giving up stuff for Lent. We asked each other to say things that we should give up. Oh, so this turns into a, you know what? You should give yeah. up. The, oh, yes, the, exactly. Okay. Right. Uh, and the three boys um, have to give up fighting. All three of them fighting with each other. With each other, okay. Right. Which, if you read my book, Father Knows Nothing, right? Which who hasn't? You, it's basically what the entire book is right. about. Right. This is something that will be very, very difficult for them. Then, uh, how many days is it? Forty. I think it's like forty-six days. Okay. Bridget was told that she needs to give up screaming, <laughs> yeah. which yeah. I think is hilarious, um, and she's going to have to give it up. Yeah. So that there could be like an explosion of some kind that happens because she's one of these people that she's Irish. And right. She has to get it out of her system. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and then, then she's fine. And then she moves on. Right. Right. right? right. So this there could be some pent up thing happening over the next 46 days. It'll be an interesting experiment. Guess what they uh, told me I need to give up. Well, 
uh, booze would be too easy. How about yeah. and the Cubs? Well, I said no. <laughs> no I um, and the Cubs aren't yet. No, and plus I've got a book I got to promote, yeah, yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. that can't um, happen. Uh, it actually kind of ties into our napping? guest. I don't it ties know. into our guest politics. I have to give up watching cable news. Oh. And that's so, going to be well, that, but you can still get your stuff from Twitter. And, yeah, I know, but yeah, I know. You hey, know, it's I like a love, big part of my life. I and love watching the mooch on CNN. Apparently, yeah. this is something that really bugs my family that I watch too much news. It's probably uh, the reactions that you have to the news. Yeah, it might be my mumbling under my breath right, and right. my screaming at the TV and stuff. But so I'm not allowed to watch politics for the next forty six days. What? Well, let's well. What's good is nothing ever happens, so yeah. you won't miss anything in forty six days. Well, that's true, and it, and what's great about it is this podcast is not about politics. Right. So ever. we don't have to. We so don't. Have, you don't have to. No show prep for it that. It will not affect it at all. Now we're gonna when Mooch is on, uh, we may dip into politics a little bit. Well, but I think we're gonna have to if we've got. Yeah, we have a, to a, a Trump. Bit. You know, a Trump employee. Yes. We. I mean, we're gonna. Yes. Have to. So, but it will still. I think we're. I want to ask him things about you know. Life in the White House, right? You know, like right, right, do you right. do you have football pools? We're going to try yeah. very hard not to talk about politics. Uh, so, so if you're if you tune into us because we're an, an oasis of the ses- cesspool of political hell, we, we still st- will be. Yes. we might have a little wind today, but not. <laughs> it's fine. Just don't worry. For instance, about it. Dave has got some minutia. I'm going to play the audio, and then you just lay it on me. This week's minutia with Rick and Dave. What do you got? Headline Canada. Actually, I have two stories. This is going to be a twofer. Oh, it's, a bonus. Uh, we got a bonus story, and they're both kind of, it's kind of a yin and a yang. Okay. okay? It's kind of like... A sweetness hour. Uh, peanut, uh, peanut butter and jelly. Okay. You know? Or right. uh, um, Zoloft and Ambien. Okay. Okay. <laughs> What's the topic? There's a couple people with generalized anxiety disorder right now that are rolling on the floor <laughs> with the Zoloft and the Ambien uh, connection. Um Here's the headline out of Canada. Canadian scientists develop sperm obstacle course to identify the strongest seed. Okay. You know, this is uh, when a moment like this happens, it's a moment when I wish to myself that we could play music. Because right now we need the Mission Impossible right, but, team. Right. Don't we? Underneath or, this. Or, or for an obstacle course, what about like, um, yeah, they, that would be good. Or... Um, like a steeplechase yeah. song or what? Uh, James Bond yeah, theme, yeah, yeah, yeah. you right. know, that would just be perfect. All right. So I'll... a group of Canadian scientists are perfecting a microscopic sperm obstacle course to help doctors select the finest specimen for in vitro fertilization. Oh. Now, I know my way around in fertilization. That's right. So um, this would have come in handy. This is actually a good idea, don't you think? Well, when I when I think of obstacle course, I'm thinking of the, you know, the rope over the, you know, over the mud moat, you know, and the sure. tire thing, sure, you know, exactly. and the whatever. It's not quite like that, although that would be funny. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> um, uh, University of Toronto's head researcher, Hugh Cummings. Okay. <laughs> that, that's not a real Okay, that's not. Uh, his real name is David Sinton. Says that his team developed a device that ho- that hosts a microscopic competition between 100 million sperm. At wow. a time, okay. When inserted into the microchip device, the swimmers go through a kind of regional qualifying match, obstacle course, to narrow the field down to a thousand of the top guys. Okay, you know the yeah the the, the, the creme de la creme. And it's and instead of allowing the firm uh, this firm the sperm to swim freely in a corkscrew motion, the di- device makes the sperm kind of go through a 
like a course, like you know, navigate like yeah. a two-dimensional plane, like a, like a rat in a maze. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And the stronger the sperm, presumably, will be the ones that win, win the race. Yeah. And then, evidently, they they're have not a medal t- ceremony. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. You got the guy on the top, and then the nine hundred and ninety-nine <laughs> of the other ones on the on the other. Um, now I know a little, like I said, I know a little thing about a little thing or two about infertility. Right. And I think probably part of my problem was my troubles, was my sperm, kind of has my personality. And I think that that is pretty much, <laughs> don't you think people's sperm is like... like I, I don't know, because mine uh, was the opposite. Well, you're right. And, and I'm the same person as you. <laughs> right. Well, did you have gout when you were procreating? Uh, no. So uh, no. now your sperm probably has gout. Yeah, that's And they're probably true. limpy a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, now, you and, know, and they've been shut down. Uh, so, yeah, it wouldn't be a good sample but i see what you're saying yes you know and mine like i said mine would be a little apathetic you know right i'm not great with directions <laughs> so i'll be like, like what, yeah. what you know what yeah. are my guys doing in the pancreas you know <laughs> right <laughs> um and if that is true yeah that people's sperms is like their personality then yeah. you would think that athletes would have the best sperm right, right? yeah like for instance johnny dickshot left fielder <laughs> from the pittsburgh pirates yeah he was for the on the white Sox too Did um you know that? Uh, I did not know that. Yeah. Chubby Cox. Is that a real one? Yeah. Washington yeah. Bullets. Okay. But you know who would not have good sperm? Huh. Dick Trickle. Yeah. Very right. good. Second time he has been mentioned <laughs> on the thing. So we have now the, now that is the male story. Okay, sure. Now we have the female story. All Again, right. Um, to close the orgasm gap, fake news, the National Film Board launches game to teach people about, about the clitoris. Oh, my gosh. Pretty well everyone knows what a penis looks like, right? Yeah. You know what a penis looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not a lot of people know what a clitoris looks like. And we may know we know a little bit of what a clitoris looks like, <laughs> but we're only seeing the tip of the iceberg of, so the, cli- speak, of, yeah. the, of the clitoris. <laughs> so the National Film Board of Canada, another Canadian story, so this right. is not only sex, yeah. but then. Yeah. Um, well, on, it does get cold up there. You <laughs> well, know? they don't have anything else to do, yeah. right? Yes. On Monday, they launched an interactive game for mobile devices that takes a playful, informative approach to female sexual satisfaction Okay. the role of the clitoris. Called Clip Me. This is for real. It, it is totally for real. Okay. You can, I believe you can buy it in the Yeah, don't, don't Google it, though, because you're going to find some other stuff. Clip Me, uh, yeah. the five-minute game, was developed in collaboration with eight students at the University of Quebec <laughs> in Montreal. Under the direction of NFB... For the first time ever, we've had 1,000 people volunteer for the study. <laughs> um, under the direction of the NFB, executive producer... I was going to say Rusty Cunts, but that's no, just not that's, right. No, right? that's terrible. H- Huge Sweeney. That actually is the real name. His name is Huge Sweeney? Yes. Okay. I'm not, that I'm not making up. All right. They, they had a group of interns, and they each were asked to come up with an interactive game. Uh-huh. And it was a group of seven women and one guy. Okay. Okay. Now the seven women go, you know, sexual satisfaction. Sexual, yeah, you know, the guy's yeah. like, how about hockey? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hunting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so they opened up. So they they developed this mobile, you know, mobile device that or this mobile game that with tactile you can like rub it the screen, uh, tactile movements on the screen, a screen. The player's aim is to satisfy. Is this? I mean, can you people go out there and find this? Or? I think so. Yeah, I did not look, but it's clip me. Okay. Um, and again, you by rubbing the screen yeah. in a certain way, right? It, you will get I, points. If, if you believe Sam Kinison, it's the alphabet. 
You do it the alphabet. Well, in a, you know, I've never been in the room, same room with a woman who's had an orgasm, so I'm not really <laughs> sure. I, you know, I, it's like a tree in the forest. I'm not sure it even exists, right? And and, and I wonder, I wonder if this, uh, I wonder if this game has a mode like you know, apathetic middle aged guy mode. You know, all right, I'll play that one. That's fine. Uh, so so okay. there you go. I have some fun facts about the. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, I think I think we've we've delved into this subject uh, quite right, enough. Thank you. Uh, um, I have a story for you, which is a little more on the uh, uh, up cl- and up, yeah, clean mm-hmm. uh, scale. This is a story that was in the USA Today this week. Um, things that are forgotten in Ubers, like there was a whole story about Ubers and people that uh, take Ubers, mm-hmm. um, and they did a survey of Uber drivers to find some of the most unusual things that people accidentally left behind. And you know, you get the usual. Umbrella, ID, right, uh, umbrella, umbrella or whatever. Sure. But these are all real things that were left behind in Ubers. A eight-week-old coffee-colored chihuahua. Oh, my God. I, I thought you said an eight-week-old yeah. baby. Yeah. No, no, a uh, chihuahua. Oh, yeah, but yeah. still, the living yeah, thing. Sure, you know, yeah. you, how do you forget your dog mm-hmm. in the... Um, a full set of 18-karat gold teeth. Well, I told you the yeah. story about my baby teeth, didn't I? Yeah, that's right. You I, lo- I left it on... For those of you who haven't listened to the 153 shows that we've done, or 125 or whatever, I cleaned out my mom's security box yeah. after like eight years after safety she died. Safety deposit box. Yeah, safety yeah. deposit box. After about eight years after she died. Yeah. And, you know, I'm I'm envisioning that there's going to be rare jewels in there, right. right? Yeah. So I open up the box and there's like this little bag. And I'm like, here, there they are. Yeah. Those are the, you know, those are the diamonds they smuggled from Nazi Germany, <laughs> right? And I opened them up and it was my sister's and my baby teeth. Oh yeah, and then I should save yeah, him for all those sweet. years. Yeah. So on the way, I took the train back home, and on the way, I you know was looking at the stuff that I had it in a bag, and I lost the bag of teeth, on the, on train. the L right. Right. Yeah. So somebody the next guy, stop, someone looked at them. They think, oh my god, what kind of crazy <laughs> right, exactly. crazy cannibal is that? Right. Anyways, they interrupted you. I'm sorry. Uh, they'll probably open in an investigation the right. next day. Uh, another thing that was found. So all right. A set of gold teeth. That's yeah. pretty weird. Um, a salmon head. A head. Just oh, the a ch- head yeah. of a salmon. Okay. All right. There's another one. The Lego Championship Wrestling Belt. That's <laughs> a very specific thing. And I, and that one's kind of been, you know, uh, conjuring around in my mind. Now, are you wrestling Legos? <laughs> right. Is Lego the right. sponsor of a wrestling competition? And is it, it's a belt that is made out of Legos? Is, is that, it made out of Legos? Yeah. I have no uh, idea. Okay. That's that's just a, that's an unusual one. Uh, a Babe Ruth signed oh, baseball. Whoa. Now that's got to be worth a hundred grand or more, right? Wasn't that the that was the whole point of the Sandlot, right? It was. Yeah, it was. I've been that someone left it in an Uber. Uh, let's see what else here. A fog machine. <laughs> that's a good one. That was when we took the village people uh, <laughs> to the and, Studio Fifty One that one time. And here's uh, my favorite one: a small plush toy of a cat eating a pizza slice. <laughs> Again, very specific. Uh, uh, very maybe for you know, uh, you know, cat pizza. You know, like some some real kitschy restaurant. Yes, or something. exactly, or no, exactly. But anyway, that's that's all I got on my uh, my Uber. Uh, There's y- fifty of them if you want to look them up. USA Today this week. Uh, you know, old Grady. You know who old Grady is? I do not. Old Grady is one of our Twitter followers. Right? Oh, and you know what old Grady did? 
retweeted us. They retweeted and they followed us. You yeah. Know? And hopefully they subscribe to us and possibly they are aware that we are now number 19 in iTunes under history right now. Yeah, that's, you know, we hadn't checked our rankings in a while, and this week we checked the rankings. Number 19. Number we're ahead of, 19 in We're ahead category. of the, and in society and culture, we're the head of the those liberal New Yorker. Yeah, we're ahead York. of the New Yorker. Right. Uh, it's so, amazing. We're so, 84th overall. In society and culture. Which is one of the biggest categories yeah, on iTunes. So right. thank you very much for listening to us. And Old Grady, yeah. uh, they picked themselves up. You already mentioned this book, Rick Kempfer's Father Knows Nothing. Oh, yes. That's a great book. It's a masterpiece. It's a great book. Uh, Scott Redman's Chugga Chug, also great. Yes. Uh, and an Amish Chicago coffee mug, which really isn't that great. No. Basically. No. But all old Grady had to do is retweet and follow us on our Twitter feed, and uh, we give a winner every um, every week. And you can uh, subscribe to the show. You uh, can do that on Stitcher, on Google Play. Spotify. On Spotify. And, you know, there's a lot of great shows on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. You can check out the new show featuring uh, Steve Baskerville, Howard Sudbury. Uh, Destination Eat Drink. Great. That's uh, Brent Peterson. Yeah, that's a good one. Goes to different locales. I hear there's going to be uh, one about cars coming up. I don't want to say too much about it, but I have got some inside information. There's another show coming out. So lots of great stuff on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network at Opie Productions. Uh, be sure to check it out. Have you seen this latest thing on Twitter? You're a big Twitter guy. I'm right? a I'm a Tweety. Uh, have you have you seen the cheese challenge hashtag cheese challenge? I, I have seen this. <laughs> it's a for for those of you who don't aren't familiar with the hashtag cheese challenge. Yeah. Um, there's like a prank going on, I guess you can call it, where you're throwing a piece of cheese at a baby. And you're taking is, a video of it. This right? is kind of like the Tide Pod right. thing on YouTube, well, safer, except, except it's not killing people, right? right. right? Uh, yeah. Uh, so what it is is, like I said, you and I think you're going to have to use Kraft cheese, and I think it's American cheese. Yes. Yeah. Right. Well, and I, and I think because this is a very American thing. <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Obesity and abuse, yeah. baby. That's uh, so. But it has to. I think it has to be American cheese because it has to have that kind of sticky texture. Right. It, right. You can't like. Cut a piece off of a brick and throw it at Who brought the Gouda? <laughs> yeah, right. That's no Gouda. Uh, so, and that one, and like I said, they, you're throwing a piece of cheese at a baby, and you take a video of it while they're and doing it, it. And it is funny. You know, it's funny. I, you know, it's it's wrong on some level, but it is pretty funny. You know. Because it always just sticks right to their face. Right. The baby just like blinks like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. oh right. okay. I guess then, I got a piece of cheese on my and face. And then they'll do it to dogs too. And the dogs, they're, they're just. Yeah, yeah, you don't do it to dogs. They'll just eat it. Uh, but so that's a good story. Check it out, everyone. It's called the hashtag Cheese Challenge. Cheese Challenge. All right, it's time for our next feature. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the part of the show where Dave reaches his hand into the Costco jar. Now he, you're looking at me because uh, I skipped a, a bit. Right. We'll, we'll go. We'll come okay. back to that. I hit I'm the like wrong this, button. I'm like, I'm like, what's going on here? That's not. It's not on my agenda. So uh, just roll with it, okay? Uh, okay? All right. All right. This is the part of the show where he reaches in and picks a name out of a jar, and I have to. Uh, I have to tell the story of having met this celebrity. Ho 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 ho. Ho 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 ho. Is that George Thurgood? Yeah, ZZ Top, didn't it? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, ZZ Top. Yeah. All right. ZZ Top was on 
Stephen Gary show, I want to say early 90s. Mm-hmm. I got them on the show by stalking Bobby Scafish. Right? Bobby Scafish was down the hall from us. He was on the Loop FM at the time. We were on the Loop AM. Uh, same hall, same studio, same, same building. Same, same studio. hallway, right? Okay. right? Uh, same, yeah, the same company, right, but right. yeah. Anyway, I had not booked ZZ Top, but Bobby had. And they were coming in to talk about music, of course, because, you know, yeah, they're rocking. Fishy enough. Yeah. In fact, I think that story is in his book. Available at Eckhart's Press. We Have Company by Bobby Scapish. Yeah, check it out. So I waited outside the door. And when they came out, I said, hey, guys, you got a sec? Yeah, yeah. sure. Come this way. And I walked them into Stephen Geary's show and had them on the so show. So they didn't even know that they were going on no. the radio? Really? No. That's pretty, and, th- is that in the radio producer's handbook? Uh, I might be. It, uh, <laughs> but that's the sort of thing I had to do occasionally to get some of these uh, these big names. And they had, you know, oh, we got to go. We're going yeah. to this station or that station. We're going to TV. But once they're in the studio. Yeah, you can't write. Hey, we welcome uh, it's rude Dusty. To, yeah, yeah, right. Yes. It's, I don't remember anything that was said in the interview except um, that there was a thing about Jesus just left Chicago and they were talking about how much they love Chicago because of that song, okay, which they perform. Okay. Um, but that's all I remember. I, I, what I remember most is the staking out of them, the misdirection, yeah. and I think they really had no idea that they were going on to another radio show until they walked into the room and saw that Stephen Gary were actually live on the air. Hey, how you doing? Look good. It's good for you. Okay. All right. Now. All right. We're going back. Okay. We're going back. No. Number five was Celebrity Potpourri. Number four was the Just One Sand. Well, uh, now it's number five. Time now for a collection of Cub Geekness. This is Just One Bad Century with Rick and Dave. So we haven't had this segment on since the end of the baseball season, but we're bringing it back. Because... Uh, because the baseball season is starting up again, and also because I've got a book coming out mm-hmm. called Every Cub Ever. And, and it's the, about everybody who played for the Brewers. No, actually, Dave. It's funny that you'd think that, but actually it's about the Cubs. Mm. It's every person who ever played for the Cubs, and all the managers, anyone who ever wore the uniform, all the executives, they're all featured in this book, Every Cub Ever. And, and you wrote a little biography on everybody. Everyone. There's Whew. more than 2,000 of them. And Ooh, that's you... well-spent time. <laughs> <laughs> and in the, at the, uh, in the acknowledgments at the end, I say that you made me write this book, because you did, because I had already written yeah, 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 all this yeah, stuff, right. and you made me turn it into a book. And I also gave you credit for the line, um, have you ever kissed a girl? <laughs> Which is what you ask me every time I tell you about some of these stories all right so here we go fat tuesday was this week mm-hmm. tuesday well was... actually fat tuesday's every week for, for this guy <laughs> yeah this guy too uh the fattest cub of all time fatty mcgee no uh, jumbo brown okay when he came up to the cubs in 1925 as a rookie he set a record. He was the heaviest player to ever play in the big leagues at that point. I think this record has been broken. Yeah, how was like uh, 212 or something? 295, yeah, which a, was huge. Yeah, that was big back 295. Um, you probably want to know a little more about him. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, he's remembered for his size, but uh, he was a very special pitcher in this regard. He was one of the first relief pitchers that was exclusively a relief pitcher. Oh, okay. So he's a role player. He yeah. had his role. That's right. All right. Also, this week was Dentist Week. You must be wondering: Has any Cub player ever become a dentist? 
I imagine there must have been of 2,000 people. Probably. There was. There was one. And his name was Casey Wise. He played for the Cubs in 1957. A second baseman shortstop. He appeared in 43 games, which is not a lot. Yeah. But then he became a dentist. Yeah, right. And probably at those days, he made more money being a dentist, probably. Yeah. It's like Moonlight Graham. Right. You know, the tragedy would have been right. if he had him. never right. become a doctor. Right. If I had never Alicia. Learned... Alicia. <laughs> yeah. She had boxes of hats. He had boxes of hats that she didn't I even. I bet you didn't know. <laughs> God, I love that movie. You're a good writer, too. <laughs> Dad, you want to have so a catch? Much. All right. Also, this week, John Belushi, who uh, passed away on, on March 5th, was the anniversary of his death. Well, you're in 80, 1980? 82. 82. Okay. 82. And if you go on the Just One Bad Century website, we have. Bonus features. I didn't put the celebrity fans into the book, but if you want to read about John Belushi and all the different uh, Cubs-related things that uh, he did over his career, and there's quite a few, you can see them on the website. All right. All right. But I, I'm kind of speeding this up because I see... We we, just, the, 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 the light's blinking. Yeah, the light is blinking. So this this is exciting, uh, this is, right? This is, yeah. This it's is, really happening. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's uh, go to the audio and bring them on. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. Okay. We're very excited. Joining us on the phone, a financier, author, podcaster, a former White House uh, communications chief, uh, the po- the podcast, by the way, is Mooch and the Misses. Is that correct? That that's correct. Yeah, it's it's a lot cheaper than therapy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like I that. Where my my wife takes a cheese grater to my forehead. Well, be careful because it's not going to be cheaper than a divorce. Yeah. So make make sure you're okay with the podcast. <laughs> so now uh, we got to avoid that. We got to avoid that at all costs. We saw you just turned fifty five years old. Dave and I are both also fifty five. And um, if we were standing in a line, people would think, "Oh, look at those nice gentlemen with their son." Yeah, you look much better than us, buddy. How do you do it? What is the secret? Well, that that's. Okay, so that's hair tie and Botox, fellas. Okay, I mean that's the key. Okay, so you know, listen now. I was using Cuban leader black, but it looked terrible on on TV. So the color now is Latin American dictator brown. Okay, so you got to lighten it up a little bit. You need you need softer tones, and you need a good uh, Upper East Side dermatologist. And you two can look ten years younger than you actually are. So we also have to win the lottery uh, in order to have that kind of money to do that. <laughs> So, 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 middle-aged, fat, bald guy, Jewish guy look isn't the or, uh, the tone is what I'm using. I should change is no, what you're it's saying. A, it's a it's a good look. Everybody <laughs> thinks you have a higher IQ than me, so that's like a good look. You know? <laughs> yeah. um, don't kid yourself. You got whatever look. I think the point of the story is whatever look you have, you got to go. With it. You know, I'm I'm early '70s Italian. You know, John Travolta's uh, Arthur Fonzarelli book. Got to go with that. You know. Well, it works great for you and look great. Uh, hey, can you settle a debate for us? Were you at the White House for 10 days or 11 days, and when does the pension kick in? Okay, so so this is like a super important point because it's a sore spot for me because if you take if you take July 31st and you minus July 21st, everyone says 10 days. But you got to think about it, fellas. If I work a full day on the 21st and I'm working a full day on the 31st, which I did, that's 11 days. Okay, all right. And so, you know, I, I, you know I, I'm trying to disrupt the fake news out there in the civilization, let people know that it's 11 days. 
Now, you could also say it was 954,000 seconds. <laughs> Sometimes I have to say that to my therapist, make myself feel better. But, but you know, you talk about the pension. So you, you got to get two pay periods to be eligible for anything in the government related to the pension. Uh, but I never would have been eligible anyways because I was one of 60 of the president's guys that elected not to take any pay. Oh, okay. now, of course, I was only there for 11 days, so it didn't, it didn't matter anyway. But uh, um, I didn't take any pay, nor did I want any pay. I was there to serve the country. And, uh, but it's a rough place. Uh, these politicians think very differently than the rest of us. Yeah. There's a reason why the president, the reason why he won, because most Americans look at these politicians and say, okay, these clowns are not handling themselves responsibly yeah. or really serving the American people. They're just, you know, a bunch of clowns. So, so well, let's, um, let's talk and, about and it's going to get worse, guys. It's not getting better. Well, I, I'm with you there. I'm with you there for sure. But let, let's talk about what it's like to work in the White House. And I know you weren't taking any pay, but did, you know, I don't know, like a souvenir towel accidentally <laughs> slip into the briefcase? You know, there's the little presidential seal on all that stuff. I mean, there's got to be. Do you have any like yeah. souvenirs? Yeah, from what'd that you steal? Time? What'd you steal, buddy? Yeah, so. All right, so I, I walked out of there with nothing, um, and uh, uh, the uh, one of the president's guys sent me a bottle of Trump vodka oh, and right. the coffee, the the styrofoam-esque paper cups that have the presidential seal on them from Air Force One. Ooh, that's kind of cool. Coffee on Air Force, Air Force One. So I have a, a stack of them, and then the president sent me a, uh, a, uh, a nice uh, note uh, even though I was only there for a short period of time, thanking me. Obviously, you know, I got hired to fire previous and Bannon. Right. So I did accomplish that, but I, uh, I caused a problem for myself on the way out. Yeah. And you guys may or may not know this, but uh, John Kelly fired me, and I had lunch with John uh, two weeks ago, and he's going to be the keynote speaker at my conference. So oh, really? It's a lesson to your, uh, oh, yeah, it's a lesson to your podcast listeners. There's no whining in sports or politics, mm-hmm. no grudges. Um, as I told John, you know, listen, I did something fireball, something that I shouldn't have said, got picked up by a reporter I trusted, can't trust the reporter, so those are those are my bad. It is a fireball offense. Yeah, you said some bad I words. I just wish he didn't, yeah, exactly, but yeah. I just wish he didn't fire me uh, uh, like I was an Austin Powers villain. I didn't think I needed to be ejected <laughs> from the situation like that. <laughs> But like I told John and I told Trump, I said, you guys made me as famous as Melania and Ivanka. I didn't have to sleep with Trump or be his daughter. So I'm mm. fine. You know, he's just moving you, on. You're like a sort of you're thing. like a one word guy now. You're like a share. You're Oprah. You're Mooch. I mean, you're you. you there, there's like there's only like a dozen people in the entire <laughs> yeah. country that have the one name. Right. You got Twiggy in the 60s. We got yeah. the Mooch or Mooch. Yeah, you're right. You're a one name guy. Yeah. Well, I, I, it, 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 in some ways, is ominous. In some ways, it's flattering. I mean, you know, the, the flip side is you have to own it. What you can't, you can't do is you can't, uh, uh, you can't shirk away from it. Um, you know, that's the key thing. You know, you just got to own it. And so that's what I try to do. So you you were there for eleven days, or eleven days, as we just figured out. Yeah. Did you get business cards? And 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 do other people in the White House have business cards like? Mike Pence, does he have business cards? And like when he's at a lunch yeah, with yeah, like. Pleased to meet you, Vice President. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do, do, do you have business cards? Yeah. Can we so have Mike some? Pen- yeah, the pre- yeah, so the President doesn't have business cards. <laughs> Mike actually, uh, Vice President Pence actually does have business cards. All of his assistants do. Um, I didn't get them. They, they probably would be made for me uh, right before I got fired. But, yeah. but uh, 
Um, There's probably a box of them sitting in somebody's office there, right? Yeah, no, I don't think they quite got to it. Oh, okay. I mean, listen, it was like the shootout at the OK Corral. (laughs) I have to remember that, uh, you know, these guys were leaking on the president real badly. I know. I mean, the president, the president's done a phenomenal job, but he made one very, very big mistake. Making Reince Priebus the chief of staff yeah. uh, was like putting the creature from the Black Lagoon <laughs> in charge of draining the swamp, right? I mean, this guy was like the, a real uh, swamp creature. And so all he was interested in was adding swamp creatures to the White House staff and flooding uh, the swamp with more swamp juice. So, so that was a mistake that the president made. And listen, you know, it is what it is. You know, we move on. But, you know, he hired me to fire the guy. I got in there to mix it up. I probably shouldn't have started my first day with a chainsaw and a hockey mask. <laughs> um, I was a little bit too charged up because of what this guy was doing to me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, say la vie. You, know, you move on. But I think it's a le- also a lesson for your listeners. Don't put your ego and pride into your decision making. I did that, and it cost me, and I made – I made some uh, classic mistakes, you know. Well, so, you know, the flip side is you got to forgive yourself after you make the mistakes and move on. No sense of kicking yourself over it. It, it is what it is. Well, let's face it. That's that job, the White House Director of Communications. It, that could be one of the hardest jobs in the world, and especially for this president. Yeah, I mean, no question. There are times where you wake up in the morning. I, I'm guessing you, you wake up in the morning, you look at the Twitter feed, and you go, "Oh my god, <laughs> right. what am I gonna? I mean, what kind of should I, I, I call in right. sick? I, I can't come in today, no, Mr. No President." And and when he feels like nobody's protecting him, or there's no media advocacy on his behalf, or there's no surrogates out there, he he launches into some serious Twitter invective. No, oh, yeah, and and a lot of times. You know, there's there's some unstrategic unstr- tweeting. I mean, there was one situation where he was talking about Mika Brzezinski, who's on the show Morning yeah. Joe with her husband, Joe Scarborough. You know, the president used to call that show Morning Eating Crow. <laughs> and so she's on there saying something nasty about him. He, he starts lighting her up. And I remember when we were friends and the blood from your facelift was dripping on my carpet at Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're just groaning and saying, you know, that's not that's not helpful because no. now you've got a mortal enemy and she lights him up to three hours a day every day. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. You know, I love the fact that you're willing to come on our show and you're, you know, you're not just on Fox. You do all sorts of, you know, your podcast. Um, so thank you for that. As podcasters, we appreciate your accessibility. But here's a question for you. You versus Chris Cuomo in a street ball who's going to street brawl. Who's going to win? Well, he's. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna thump me pretty good because he's in unbelievable shape. We like to tease him and say he must be taking human growth hormone because he's like Mr. Muscle. <laughs> he is pretty um, buff, I isn't he? I still think I can take him. Yeah, I think I can take him in a verbal sparring match, but this guy could snap me into a twig over his knee if I ever got really mad at him. So I'm I'm always watching for where his hands are while I'm keeping <laughs> him on the air so I don't get popped somewhere. <laughs> well, you know, we, we don't really talk politics on this show. Uh, it's kind of an apolitical. Uh, oasis in the middle of a cesspool nation um but you know just good for you having uh having you on i feel like we have to at least ask you know that obviously i know you believe the president has done a lot of good things Mm -hmm. um and arguably he has done some good things what would you say though um when he is asked if he's made any mistakes he always says no he has not made any mistakes do you what are your thoughts about that they all do that yeah well, listen, they all do that. Uh, George W. Bush asked before the uh, re-election, can you think of any mistakes you made? He said, no, can't think of any. 
right. Barack Obama. You make any mistakes? Yeah. No, nope, I can't think of any. And so, so they all have that like uh, weird chip in their personalities when they're not capable of admitting mistakes, and they think it's a, a sign of weakness to admit mistakes. I take the opposite view. I think it's a sign of strength that you're able to admit your mistakes, mm-hmm. and it's also a sign of forward progress because if you own your mistakes, uh, you're more likely not to repeat them. And also, if you have children, and I've got five of them, I would rather have my children see me with all my flaws as opposed to this, quote-unquote, sanitized version of me. Yeah, I think that just puts too much pressure on children. I'd like them to know that my ride to wherever I am has been a bumpy one, and uh, I've made a whole phone book of mistakes along the way. So presidents made some classic errors. He'd be mad at me for saying it, but I will. The child separation policy at the border is a ridiculous one. I think that's been very harmful to him. Uh, some of these tweets are very unstrategic. You can't call Rex Tillerson a uh, dumb as a rock. He was your former Secretary of State. Yeah, yeah. And when you're doing that, you've got white suburban women that are frowning at each other and are like, hey, I'm trying to teach my kids not to be a bully. And you've got the President of the United States saying that the Secretary of State's dumb as a rock. It's mm-hmm. not helpful. And so. You know, he had 52% of the white women voters in 2016. Uh, he sort of needs that coalition again if he wants to win re-election. Don't be doing that. So, yeah. you know, I can think of others. I mean, listen, uh, uh, I don't like the war declaration on the media. I don't like the fact that he's uh, closeted into a few media outlets and very rarely steps out of that box. Right. I'd like to see him on these other shows. I'd like to see him, frankly, bring Joe and Mika Brzezinski to the White House and be interviewed by them. I think it would diffuse some of the hatred there. That's my opinion. He would disagree, and he would probably, if he was on the podcast with us, he'd say, well, you know, that's the reason, Anthony, I'm president, and you're not. <laughs> well, he's welcome so, anytime you know, I, here. I, I yeah. That. yeah, if you can get him on the <laughs> yeah. show. Yeah. Sure, yeah. we'll oh, talk he, to him. <laughs> oh, he knows how to riff. Trust me, he knows how to riff. You saw him at CPAC last week. Oh, my he can God. riff for two hours. So, <laughs> to, to, uh, yeah. so, but listen, you know, here's the thing I will say about him, whether your listeners like him or they don't like him, I've seen him up close and personal, and he's really trying to do a good job for the the American people. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, I've seen him make some very tough decisions, and those decisions are made uh, not with self-interest, but in the best interest of people in the country. And so I don't say that as a partisan. I don't say that as a Trump apologist. I say that as somebody that was there. Uh, Remember, I was in the White House 11 days, but I worked with for him for nine months on the campaign mm-hmm. right. and for 12 weeks on the executive transition committee where we were trying to form the government. So so I've seen him in action. And, you know, people say to me, well, he's done X, Y, Z. Why are you still supporting him? And my answer is, well, I think he's got a, uh, a well-intended uh, decision-making uh, system that he's using. And uh, I'm not going to break ranks. So I think what Michael Cohen did to him is uh, unfair. Um, nobody, particularly in the neighborhood I grew up in, would like a rat. I think what Michael did, and I like Michael. He's been a friend of mine as well. You can't turn on each other like that. It's just uncool mm-hmm. and it's unsportsmanlike conduct. Have you been called in to testify or uh, been interviewed by any of the uh, uh, Robert Mueller people? I have not, no. I've never been called in to testify. Um, and uh, you can see I wasn't on that list of 81 people. And, you know, I I, I told somebody, I think on one of the uh, networks, that when Steve Bannon and Reince Priebus, uh, through jealousy, the typical Washington zero-sum game nonsense, used to leave me out of meetings, 
I used to feel sore about that, and I used to feel that I was at the wrong lunch table in right. the Mean Girls movie, yeah. you know, where yeah, I just like wasn't allowed school. to sit in a certain area. Exactly. So I used to go home and complain to my wife, oh, geez, you know, these guys cut me out of another meeting. And now, fast forward two and a half years later, guys. <laughs> thank God, right? Could it be happier that they? Exactly. Thank God they cut You're me out. You're saving of this yourself meeting, a so fortune in, I, in in attorney fees. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And so, you know, that would have been a million dollars worth. When I saw that eighty-one person list, the only thing I could think of, guys, was eighty-one million dollars. Yeah. Now, right. I'm not saying that's going to be proportionate. You know, meaning right. one one guy's got a million dollar bill, one guy's got a two million dollar bill. Another person has a two hundred thousand dollar bill, but trust me, those eighty one people in aggregate—that's eighty one million dollars yeah, yeah. of legal fees. Yeah, and that's the nonsense that the American people hate about Washington. You know, they'll be on wild goose chases for the for the next two years, like they were in the last two. Years. So, you, so you don't think uh, th- that he's ever going to get impeached? Oh, I think it's uh, I think it's very very low possibility. Nancy Pelosi telling people publicly. She doesn't want to go near that. She, she recognizes that, you know, the last Quinnipiac poll, which came out yesterday, 60% of the American people, or I think it was 59% of the American people said, we don't want this guy impeached. So go ahead and move to impeach him. Right. You'll have the same exact situation happen that happened with Bill Clinton. His poll numbers will go up. Well, I think that's right. But then that same poll, they also, 64% of the people believe that he committed a crime. Yeah, <laughs> so before he was president. That's not good either. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. remember, they, people think he's dishonest and think that he committed a crime, but they still don't want the American people on the international stage to go through the process of impeachment. Yeah, I think, you know, and I, I and think I that's right. Beat him, at the ba- beat him at the ballot box. Yeah. Yeah, let your beat voice him, beat him at the ballot box. You want to beat him, beat him at the ballot box. Well, you know, we really appreciate you being on the show with us. Um, uh, you know, I, 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 I want to give you one big chance here to promote your podcast, a podcast, a podcast uh, yeah. promotion. You're on here. the team now, buddy. Uh, because uh, you know, yeah, welcome to the podcasting world. And uh, why don't you tell everybody what they will get when they hear your podcast and where to get it. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. So my wife and I were in the throes of a divorce during my time inside the White House. And so I was getting tabloided pretty heavily. Her and I had a perp walk in the divorce court. And, uh, you know, she's somebody I love a lot. We were fighting. Uh, Some of it was personal. Some of it was political. Um, And so I went cap in hand. Again, you know, your pride is your enemy. I dropped my pride. And I went to see her after literally one of our divorce uh, trial sessions. I said, listen, I don't want to do this. I'm still in love with you. Can we figure out a way to make this work? And so uh, she said, yes. We started that process. I went into L.A. Uh, to a radio studio with her, and the producer there looked at me and said, wait, 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 that's your wife. I said, yeah, that's my wife. She said, I thought you guys were getting a divorce. Yeah, that's, said, that was well, in that's the page news. one of the tabloid. Yeah, exactly. Page one of the tabloid is the divorce. Page 99 is the reconciliation. (laughs) He turns to me and says, well, I'll tell you what, you know, uh, instead of just interviewing you, do you think she would also want to come into the radio studio and be interviewed? And so she looked at me and said, yeah, no problem. Fifteen minutes later, uh, he's bringing us into his office and saying, "Okay, you guys got great chemistry. You're talking very honestly about real life problems, relationship problems, parenting problems political problems, issues that are related to the current events and the zeitgeist of the United States. 
let's do a podcast called Mooch and the Misses. It's on radio.com and obviously the uh, iTunes podcaster. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've had an enormous response. I'm very thankful for you guys mentioning it. But uh, my wife is a liberal. I'm more conservatively bent, although I'm very liberal on social issues. And we go at it for a good 35 minutes, and it's a vigorous debate. But it's also, you know, revelatory about what is our opinion going on in our society. And, and by the way, how do we handle the ups and downs of our relationship and some of the pressure now that we have such a high profile and, uh, you know, you got a lot of social media scrutiny out there. Um, God, God, God forbid I say something inappropriate, it ends up on Twitter or uh, Facebook. You know, so right. so we talk a lot about those things as well. And I was um, uh, I was in Cleveland, Ohio last night, and two women came over to me and said, "Hey, just tell your wife we love her. We love the fact that she gives you so much stuff <laughs> on that podcast." And so, you know, she she comes at me pretty hard, and it's. Uh, you know, so she's if, a typical wife. <laughs> Pick up your socks, well, Anthony. Great wife, but she, We're all married she's too. A great wife, but she knows how to butt. She knows how to bust balls, fellas. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, I, I think I think they're taught that. Uh, like while, while they're waiting to come down the aisle, <laughs> someone pulls them aside and yeah, teaches they, them that. Right. Remember in sixth grade when we were separated? <laughs> that's what the that's what the teachers. It wasn't sex ed. It was how to bust our balls. Right. Exactly. Well, thank exactly. you very much. This is a full-blown training center. <laughs> yeah. Thank you My very pleasure, much guys. for being on the show. Much health right, to God you. God bless you guys. Happy Thanks. spring. All right. Thanks, buddy. Take it easy. What a great guy, huh? <laughs> the Mooch is a good guy. I will say this. He is a good sport. Yes. Good sport. Thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. Check out his podcast, too, The Mooch yeah. and the Misses. That's right. Uh, and, you know, if you want to check out us, find out more about Rick and Dave, you can go to EckhartsPress.com. That's our company. Also, this was a long show. How long was this? It like wasn't that three long. hours. No, it, it like. wasn't that long. Uh, ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com is also another place you can find us. Uh, the show has been produced by Tony Lasano of Opi Productions. We've been distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of oh, Minutia Man. <laughs> The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Lasano and Friends. I do this podcast. Really? Yeah, you should listen to it. What's it called? Well, Lasano and Friends. Lasano and Friends or Lasano and Friends? No, it's Lasano. It's totally different. Oh, yeah. Go yeah. crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, man. It'd be nice if Tony were actually here today for this uh, promo we're doing. No, I think a promo stands on its own better when the star of the show is not in it whatsoever. Wow. Are we friends with each other or just Tony? I'm friends on Facebook. Yeah, we're hey, friends hey, on hey, Facebook. Hey, quite, quite, quite. Well, yeah. Lasano and Friends. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. So is this really a promo? How long are we going? (laughs) Radiomisfits.com.